This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about events that make Mississippi great. Today, we'll start our road trip in Adams County for the Bicentennial Reveille. Next, we'll head to Greenville for the 40th Annual Mississippi Delta Blues and Heritage Festival. Later in the show, we'll talk with author Janae Ray Barranco about her upcoming book release and end our trip with Jackson native musician Dent May as he talks about his new album, Across the Multiverse. So hold on tight because we're going for a ride. This is Next Stop Mississippi, and we'll be right back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King. We are ready for the weekend, and we hope you are, too. If you've got questions about what's happening around Mississippi this weekend or you want to tell us about what's happening in your community, give us a call. That number is 1-877-672-7464. That's 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll be glad to tell you what's happening around the state and also to hear more about what's going on in your town. So, Kamel, good to see you. Cello, cello, cello. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm great. Everybody knows Friday morning is my favorite. Uh, Friday from 10 to 11. It's my favorite hour of the week. So glad to be here in the studio with you and with Michelle and off to a great morning. Yes, indeed. How's your week been? Had a great week. Wonderful week. I've been in Jackson all week. Busy, busy over at Mississippi today and uh, doing a lot of good work there and, and ready for the weekend. There's so much happening around Mississippi. It's I, I feel like once September comes comes upon us, everybody yeah. sort of gets back into their groove after the summer break. Yep. That's when we see so many events really uh, starting to take Shape. Yes, indeed. And I love festivals around this time because the weather is beautiful. And I mean, everybody is just in high spirits and you're starting to get that little holiday spirit is starting to sneak around and the leaves start changing and things. Oh, I know. Look, a little bit of crisp air and uh, and some SEC football, I think, really just changes everyone's there you mood. Go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, Camille, I'm glad you're in studio this week. Uh, you're going to be traveling next week. So tell our listeners where you're headed. Most certainly. Uh, my colleague, uh, Maggie Laurie and myself, we're headed to Franklin, Tennessee, which is probably about 20 minutes outside of Nashville for the Pilgrimage uh, Music and Cultural Festival. Wow. And it is awesome. The lineup is just crazy with Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Justin Bring Sexy Back Timberlake. I am yeah. such a fan. Yeah. So we're headed up there. Uh, and actually, when I leave here later this afternoon, uh, Visit Mississippi is getting a sneak tour of the two museums uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, the um, uh, Mississippi Museum uh, of Civil Rights and, and the other. We are just excited about it. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. Yeah. The History Museum, as well as the Civil Rights Museum. We'll get a sneak peek today. Well, I, I want to hear all 
all about that because those spaces from the outside are incredibly remarkable. I mean, they're they're large and, and grand in scale and in yes. design, so I can only imagine what's unfolding inside the doors. Yes, the Department of Archives and History has been working tirelessly to get those open. Well, and those doors will open later this year, I believe. Uh, December 8th is the day. Yes, December 8th and December 9th uh, will be the actually the bicentennial celebration for Central Mississippi. So everybody come out. It's going to be wonderful. The museums will open. It'll be a true day of history as we celebrate our bicentennial as well as these two magnificent museums. That's incredible. I, I, I you know, everyone says that these are, you know, Smithsonian quality spaces. And I know a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication is going into getting them ready for our big bicentennial celebration at the end of the year. Yes, indeed. So, uh, all right, we'll, we'll expect you to re- report back and, and tell us all about that. Uh, but let's, without further ado, we'll get the show started. Um, our first guest is Robin Person. She is over in Adams County, and she's here to tell us about the Bicentennial Reveille. Welcome, Robin. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, we're really pleased to um, to have you on the show. I know that this is a, a busy weekend for you. You're starting things off today, uh, Friday, in um, at Jefferson College for this big Bicentennial celebration. But before we get into the details, Jefferson College and, and Washington, Mississippi, right outside of Natchez, is, is really essential to the Mississippi story and our statehood. Talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, this is actually the birth of birthplace of Mississippi. Now, the, the school was founded in 1802, so it's actually a lot older than the state of Mississippi. But uh, our little town that we're located in, Washington, was the territorial um, seat of the government of the Mississippi Territory, which at that time was um, both Mississippi and Alabama. So it was a pretty large area. So we were, you know, we were kind of a big deal at that point. Um, our territorial legislature met here, and they actually signed our state's constitution in 1817 right here on our grounds of Jefferson College. Well, this, uh, of course, uh, I mean, of course, you've got so much history built into Jefferson College and Washington, Mississippi. Uh, is this event kind of geared towards teaching the history uh, to future generations about the, the history in Jefferson and everything that has gone on in Mississippi? Uh, absolutely. This is a annual event, and since it was the bicentennial this year, this is what we decided to focus on and thought it would be great to, you know, kind of tell people about what Washington, uh, you know, what, what its role was in our state's founding. Well, and it's just hard to believe. I mean, if you really kind of just take take a moment to think about 200 years ago and yeah. a gathering of statesmen um, there uh, to, to sign and, and I believe craft the Constitution was also really taking place there at Jefferson College, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Now, um, I know Jefferson College, uh, it, to me, in, in my experience, it, it stands out most because you host um, the Great Big Yam Potatoes Old Time Music Festival um, every year, and, and that's such a fun event. Um, but old time music is part of just one element of what you have planned this weekend. That's right. We're going to be having a group called the Cane Grinders, who are from Louisiana, and they are part of our old time music lineup in May. They'll be playing both tonight and tomorrow. Well, I see you have so much stuff going on. There's free barbecue to the public. Is is that what I hear? Yes, but you have to be, you know, about the first 150 people to get here for us to guarantee that. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but, yeah, free, free barbecue dinner. We'll have, uh, you know, the music. We have the members of the Chickasaw Nation who are going to do a dance demonstration this evening. Um, so it'll, it'll be a real pleasant little party out here. Well, and tell us the connection of, of the Chickasaw dancers with um, with your community there. 
well, they're more closely related to gr- the Grand Village of the Natchez Indians, but we invited them to come and help us celebrate because, you know, the Chickasaws were part of our Mississippi heritage. And, Robin, you guys will also have uh, living history displays and lectures and uh, history uh, lessons and, and games for the kids and also uh, bus tours. Tell us about all of those different things. All right. Well, starting at 10 o'clock, we're going to open up this celebration, which is called Reveille, uh, you know, which is the, um, the, the call to start your day, uh, usually associated with military institutions. And so Reveille is going to be played by a local Boy Scout at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, and that will be that will be the beginning of all of the festivities. And from 10 o'clock until 1 o'clock, we'll be having uh, family-oriented games outside. So there will be a giant checkers board and croquet and horseshoes. Uh, and then from 10 o'clock until 12 o'clock, our living history portrayers, or sorry, from 10 o'clock until 1 o'clock, our living history people will also be on the grounds, and we have uh, people who are portraying Andrew Jackson, uh, Ibrahima, Elizabeth Roach, George Poindexter, Aaron Burr, and some soldiers from uh, the War of 1812 at uh, 10 a.m. following Reveille. If you're interested, you can gather up for a a, a bicentennial constitutional stroll, which will lead folks up to our constitutional monument that marks the spot of the church that was on our property where the Constitution was actually signed. And then folks will go on about uh, another block down the road to our Assembly Hall site. Assembly Hall is an architecture, is a, uh, not architectural, it's a uh, archaeological site uh, that used to have a tavern where the territorial legislature would meet, and it did burn down, um, so it's it's kind of ruins right now. But we do have a brand-new historic marker that we're going to be unveiling today, so we're very excited about that. Then at 11 o'clock, I'll be doing a tour, a behind-the-scenes tour of our buildings. Now, most of the time, our two main buildings, which were built in 1819 and 1839, the upper floors of them are completely off-limits. But uh, for a lucky few who sign up, uh, they get to come with me to, to see what's sort of hidden upstairs in our building. Wow. Really thing. So um, you do have to sign up ahead of time for that, but it's not too late. There are still a few slots that are open. Now, where, uh, where should people go to sign up for that sneak peek or special uh, edition tour? Uh, they can just come into our main visitor's building. It's the first one that you, that you walk into. Okay, wonderful. And, and you also mentioned this unveiling of a historic marker for Assembly Hall. Uh, what time will that take place? Uh, that will be part of the constitutional stroll, so they'll probably make it over there by about 10, 15 or so. Okay, great. Absolutely. So folks need to get up and get moving and get over there by 10, 15. Right, right. and then uh, also at um, 1230, the Mimi Miller from the Historic Natchez Foundation will be giving a presentation on the architecture of Washington. And then uh, finally, at uh, leaving at about 1.30, then there will be this bus tour that is also led by Mimi, where you actually get to go and see some of the buildings that she was talking about, several fine old homes. I know the Methodist Church, and then that will conclude with a cocktail party at the very end. That's so Natchez. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, and for our listeners who haven't been to Jefferson College, what is the architectural style uh, of Washington in the community there? Uh, well, the, you know, Washington was founded in the late 1700s, and it's um, it's not certainly not colonial. Um, it's a lot of it. 
it's hard for me to explain that. <laughs> As there's, a, there's a great variation. Things that were built, you know, from the late 1700s to the mid-1850s. Um, our style is, is somewhat plain, the, of the buildings here, but then that's what it was designed for. You know, this was a boys, it was built to be a boys' school, and there weren't a whole lot of uh, extra funds available to put in too many embellishments to it. Well, Robin, we certainly appreciate your time, and, and we are really excited about this weekend's Bicentennial Reveille. Uh, for more information, please tell our listeners a website or where to go uh, to, to get more uh, information about this weekend. All right. Well, if you would like more information or you want to sign up for the tour, you can call us at 601-442-2901. You can also check out our Facebook page. We're keeping that updated regularly. Um, if you are interested in doing the bus tour, then you will need to make reservations through uh, the Historic Natchez Foundation. Um, the cost on that is $25, and their phone number is 601-442-2500. Well, thank you so much, Robin. Good luck yes. this weekend, and um, enjoy. I know it will be a great a great time. Come We're gonna... on out. This is, a, this is a great day activity. Absolutely. Thank you, Robin. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but don't forget to give us a call and tell us what's happening in your community. That's 1-877-MPB-RING. When we return, we'll talk with Mabel Starks with the Mississippi Delta Blues and Heritage Festival. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi oh, on MPV Think Radio. That was a treat right there. My man, Bobby Rush. I ain't studying you. That's right. Ooh. I'm sure most of our listeners are like, oh, goodness, couldn't we have listened a little longer to right. Bobby Rush? <laughs> Well, you can listen to Bobby Rush to your heart's content this weekend at the Mississippi Delta Blues and Heritage Festival in Greenville, 40th anniversary of the festival. We'll hear more about that um, in just a little bit. Uh, before the break, if you're just joining us, we had Robin Person on the on the line. She is with the Reveille, uh, the Bicentennial Reveille in Natchez, Mississippi at Historic Jefferson College. That celebration is taking place throughout the weekend, a wonderful exploration of, of, of you know, yesteryear in Mississippi, really kind of the birthplace of our Constitution, a uh, very early um, home to our legislature. So for all of you political buffs or you history um, fanatics, this would be a great event, uh, a great way to spend uh, you, what what we hope will be a beautiful weekend. Yes, indeed. 
Now, uh, Kamel, uh, we um, again many things happening uh, throughout the the state this weekend. We're we're going to hear a little bit more about the Mississippi Delta Blues and Heritage Festival in Greenville. Uh, um, uh, upcoming this weekend, we've got uh, Janae Ray Barranco coming in the studio later today to talk about her um, book, Good Night, I Love You, which uh, comes out next week. So yes. exciting times there. Yes, and indeed. then uh, one of uh, I, I'm kind of got a fangirl moment happening this morning because we've got Dent May uh, calling in to talk Man, about awesome. his new album, <laughs> Across the Multiverse, which I've, I've listened to all morning. Um, I had coffee, uh, got ready for the show and had Dent May and my earbuds, mm-hmm. and I really think it, it affected my mood. I feel great. You came in with a great spirit, so <laughs> shout out to Dent May for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, thank you, Dent. Uh, uh, there's a, a great uh, barbecue event this weekend happening over at the the Res, the Res here in Jackson, the Great Reservoir. So, uh, Smoking on the Res, I believe, is the name of it. So, I know a lot of folks will be excited about that. Yes, indeed. There seems to be a barbecue theme happening here. Have you noticed that? Yeah, and I'm going to barbecue at home, and it'll be a theme in my house, too. <laughs> that's right. Well, um, that's uh, great to hear. Uh, so if you've got um, things happening in your community and uh, you want to share that with us, please give us a call. We'd, we'd love to know more about what's happening in your neck of the woods. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Now, we talked a little bit about Bicentennial earlier in the show and how uh, the folks over in Washington, Mississippi, are celebrating this historic moment um, this weekend. Um, but, Kamel, I know that you've got uh, a lot of Bicentennial plans happening in your shop. One of those deals with historic markers. So you, you've been putting up Blues Trail markers all throughout uh, Mississippi and, and have many uh, forthcoming. Yes, indeed, uh, as well as Freedom Trail markers. Uh, what's lovely is the Bryant's Grocery Marker, uh, which, you know, talked about the Emmett Till incident and tragedy uh, had been vandalized. It got replaced, which was an awesome thing. Uh, on Money Road uh, in Money, Mississippi. Uh, We then uh, uh, visit Mississippi along with the Freedom Trail, released the and unveiled the Tougaloo 9 Municipal Library sit-in. Which is an incredible gathering. I think you had maybe more than 100 people come out for that. Yeah, Uh, and that was just just well. Uh, Dr. McLemore did wonderful. We had uh, Tougaloo's president come over and speak and someone from the mayor's office, but when I say it was a gathering of love and just uh, appreciation for what uh, those Tougaloo 9 did for the civil rights and for history by sitting in that municipal library, which is now the Eudora Welty Library in Jackson. Uh, you could just feel the love and the admiration for the, uh, especially the living Tougaloo 9 who were there. So much history and such such a diverse story. It's so layered. Um, it's so complicated. So yes, incredible that we're able to talk about these things mm-hmm. in such a public and open forum. We do have a caller. Uh, we want to take a call now from Alicia. She's in Fayette. Welcome, Alicia. Hi. Hold tight, Alicia. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have a little bit of family trivia about Jefferson College. My paternal grandfather, Matthews, C. Harper, who came to got his degree from Ole Miss in 1874, and he uh, got married to my grandmother from Natchez, and uh, he taught at Jefferson Military College. And, um, and this is some family trivia. My grandmother was pregnant with her third child 
while they were out there in 1889. And in the family story, the president of Jefferson gave them their house to live in, his house to live in. And, um, and they were living there when my uncle, Robert Blackburn Harper, was born in 1889. And somewhere we have a picture, my brother has a picture of my grandfather in his uh, teaching uniform. It was a black suit with a bowstring tie mm. and a white shirt up against the fence there. And um, I just wanted to pass that along because um, I thought that was really great of the president <laughs> of the college to give them their house while she was expecting the baby. Oh, that's and, beautiful. Can wow. you imagine being uh, expecting a child in that time, that life and time? Exactly. Uh, uh, well, thank you so much, Alicia, for calling in. We hope you do uh, make time to get over to Jefferson College this weekend and share your story, your family history there. I bet there's going to be a lot of fun and yep. networking happening there. Exactly. Now, uh, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have uh, Janae Ray Barranco here to talk to us about her new book, Good Night, I Love You. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by the illustrious Kamel King. If you're just joining us, we've had a great day. We've been talking a lot about Mississippi's bicentennial, but we are so pleased to have a, a guest in studio. This is our, our favorite thing to have our guest here with us yes. when we can. And we want to welcome uh, to the show writer, speaker, blogger, Janae Ray Barranco. So glad to have you, uh, Janae. You um, are a woman of many talents. I think first and foremost, though, you are known for your writing. That is a new skill that has developed later in life. I started writing secretly when I was a teenager and wrote a lot secretly to my husband during our 24 years of marriage, poetry and notes and letters. And then after my husband suddenly died, I started a blog three days later. And I blogged on one site for 15 months. And then I didn't do any writing for about a year and a half. And then I, I started a second blog, which is the current blog that I'm writing on now. And um, I have my first book coming out next week, which is a collaboration of some of my blog posts and the thoughts on grief and my whole journey put together and then adding it to make it a, a memoir of my entire journey from the beginning of this, what I call the midnight hour until I 
emerged on the other side. Well, Janae, I mean, you started off blogging, just really sharing your experience. And as you call the midnight hour, sharing with people. But I mean, it just caught like a wildfire and you ended up with hundreds of thousands of followers and readers. How did that happen? It was it was miraculous. What I did was I started blogging mainly, well, for two reasons. First reason, because it helped my health. It it helped put a lot of the physical symptoms of grief at bay, the panic attacks, the high blood pressure, uh, all those kinds of things going on. And the more I wrote, the less physical symptoms I experienced. Wow. And because my husband's death was so public, I I received so many questions and people coming by to see how I'm doing and asking questions and family and everything. And it became it was suddenly difficult to answer answer everybody's questions all the time. Overwhelming. So by blogging, it helped me personally. It helped put in words a legacy for my children to learn all the details of my relationship with my husband, their dad. And also helped me face a lot of the things that I was going through. And so people could just tap into my blog and know what's going on with Janae today. Because I, I blogged every day wow. for 15 months and sometimes more than once a day because I had to write so much. Sure. So they knew, you know, how to, what they needed to do for me, how they could help or, or pray for me. And, but mainly it was because... It helped me sleep. I didn't sleep well at all, but the mm-hmm. more I wrote, I could at least get some pockets of, of sleep in Absolutely. there. And I um, sent out a group text after my first blog post to my close friends and family, and I said, this is what I'm doing. This is where you can go to to learn about it. And my first day, there was, I think, 2,000 um, visits already to the wow. blog, and immediately... I was able to see that the readers were from all over the world. And yes, it's up in the, you know, a couple yeah. hundred thousand readers now. Yeah. Well, your, your story about writing in secret and then um, sharing that, that part of you after experiencing such tragedy really gives me chills. I mean, it really mm-hmm. does. But um, it seems like uh, grief often is something that we isolate ourselves in. And, and you have opened a door for other people to uh, share in your grief, but also, I think, understand their own. Yes. And I something just clicked in my head when you said that, and I, I'd never seen this relation before, but how I did write in the closet. I wrote songs just for my own benefit, lyrics and the poetry I mentioned to my husband. And so that term in the closet, most people grieve, quote unquote, in the closet because the people that aren't in the middle of that situation are kind of get tired of it after a while and they're ready for you to move on business as usual. Can we just leave this behind and go on? Mm -hmm. Because it makes them uncomfortable after Mm -hmm. a while. They don't know what to do or say, and they're ready to move their heart on, but you're not, you're stuck there with your pain. And ironically, and I talk about it several times in the book that where I went physically went to grieve was in my closet. Wow. And when I needed to really just absorb the moment mm-hmm. or just cry out and or touch Michael's clothes that were still hanging in the closet, and the closet was where he and I 
had our date nights when we would change and it was a real small closet. Yeah. So only one of us could get in there at a time and he would bring a glass of wine and he'd talk to me standing right outside the door while I'm getting dressed. Yeah. And then I'd open the door and I'd peek out and he'd, I'd say, how does this look? Yeah. And you know, I love that. And I'd go back in and then he would come in. And so the closet was just this really intimate place for us. And I mentioned, I think it's in the acknowledgments, how I'm just encouraging people to, can we just let grief out of the closet? Exactly. Can we just talk about exactly. it and quit telling people to just, can you just move on? You know, it, it's difficult at first. And yes, everybody else has to move on and we have to move on too. But you still need to slow down and join that person on their journey. Yeah. And not that you have to um, be there for the entire journey. But you, you step in and just visit them. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't mean like physically come to their house, but <laughs> join us, bring us provisions is what I say. Mm-hmm. You know, when we need to sit down and rest, sit down and rest with us mm-hmm. and tell stories it, that just like the woman that was just on talking about the photograph, um, those kinds of stories make us feel better because it helps us know that other people are thinking of him too and still remembering him. Exactly. So when people say, oh, I'm sorry I brought that up. I hope that didn't make you sad. No, we love to hear stories. Mm-hmm. We love to hear mm-hmm. something funny that he did or when you met him for the first time or how you went to school with him or even ask, so how are the kids doing? Or how? Just talking about it is okay. But it became taboo for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the closet, I, I just see this continuum of Yes, I I wrote in the closet. I grieved in the closet. And now I'm encouraging other people, please, let's just let grief out of the closet and let's feel comfortable talking about it because it's something all of us experience. Exactly. And we treat it like something that's not going to come to our doorstep, but it's going to come to your doorstep at one time or another in a different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, what began as a blog, a, a, a instantly popular blog is now a book. So why, why go, th- go, go this route? You know, why, why did you want to make this hardback book? That was never my intention, but the readers of my blog, when I stopped said, would you please, you know, mm-hmm. I would love to have a book to put in the hands of my friends who are experiencing the same thing. And so I picked up and moved my kids. We moved to New York about 18 months after my husband died. And I. it was just a miraculous moment. I was at a women's luncheon at the president's home of the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. And it was a trunk clothing trunk show. And I was in a room by myself with the woman who was doing the trunk show. And she said, so what brought you to Mississippi? And I I mean, to New York, I told her about my husband dying and that I was a writer and that um, I was, you know, maybe going to be looking for someone to represent me. I needed an agent to try and get this book going. And she said, I have chills right now. She said, because one of my very close friends is an agent and she works with nonfiction authors. And she's just emailed me this week and she's looking for new talent. Would you mind if I connected you? So she did. We got together. We met at the Soho house, and she let me just tell the whole story. She signed me immediately, mm. and the rest was history. And we shopped the the um, manuscript 
the end of January 2016, and it was picked up and sold in less than a month. Wow. Incredible. What so a it's, of it's a just all miraculous. <laughs> it truly is. Now, and uh, you are about to embark on which uh, a book tour, a, a very uh, uh, ambitious schedule, but tell us about how you're really launching uh, this new great book, uh, Good Night, I Love You, here in Jackson. I'm really excited about the way things have just fallen together at the last minute. But um, the kickoff actually starts today with a couple of radio shows. But next Tuesday is the book release nationwide in hardcover. And then Wednesday is the book launch party, which is at Hal and Mouse from 6 to 930. And it's Barranco Books and Blues. Mm -hmm. And my husband, Michael, as some of you may know, was a a blues singer, sang a lot of R&B the entire time I knew him. And he sang with a lot of different bands. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if for entertainment we brought in some of these musicians that Michael played with? And so the proceeds for the night from the cover charge are going to benefit McLean Fletcher Center, which is a grieving center for children, which... Also, when they were first be, um, starting years ago, my husband and I went to several fundraisers before they were even, you know, an yeah. organization to help help them get started. And so I got these musicians. They are donating their their sets and their time for the event for McLean Fletcher. And so we have these days that are going to be there, which we love. Crowd favorite. Yes. And then Michael sang for years with Andy Hardwick Trio, which is a fabulous R&B group. They even played at our wedding reception. Mm -hmm. And Michael's last gig that he played in, which was two weeks before he died, was at Underground 119. And it was Andy Hardwick and Patrick Lamb, which is, he is a renowned saxophonist who lives in Oregon, grew up in Mississippi. And Michael happened to be his mentor. And he is flying out here from Oregon. And he's going to be the lead saxophonist for the night. He's an incredible jazz soloist. He played for Gino Vanelli for 10 years. And um, and he's coming out here just for this event. So nice. people who don't know anything about me or Michael, I guarantee you they're a, a Patrick Lamb fan and <laughs> yeah. they'll want to come hear him um, talk. So, I mean, play. And I hope that I, I hope, you know, lots of people buy books and, and we sign um, and get, and I get to meet a lot of my um, fans who have been following me on my blog all this time. But I hope we all get lots of time yeah. to be able to enjoy the wonderful music. And I'm so thankful for their generosity and Raphael Sims who helped oh, put yeah. the musicians Love together him. for me. Yeah. Well, Janae, <clears throat> I'd like to share with the listeners, if they don't understand how deep this is, uh, Michael Barranco was a sweetheart of a man for anybody who hadn't met him and so talented and you guys were just such the power couple. I remember always <laughs> seeing you guys and the Barranco family. I mean, just have made so many strides in the music industry right. from Vince to Johnny and, and, mm-hmm. and Michael. Uh, so, you know, I remember when it, the whole state cried, you know, so, yes. and I, you know, I, I, I applaud you from putting that tragedy into this triumph because I remember, you know, him so vividly and you guys so vividly. So I, I am just proud of you to see this come to fruition. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. And we're, we're still... I, I can't quite keep up with the activity of how fast things are going. So we have a website in development that will be up and running this weekend. So all of my social media and my website, it's all Janae Ray Barranco. 
Uh, one and word. spell that for our listeners. It's J E N E R A Y B A R R A N C O. So my my Facebook public page is is that my Twitter and um, I'm leaving something out Instagram <laughs> and all, right. all, all the social media channels. Right. Well, I did have a chance to to go online today and and read some of your writing. You have such a strong voice, and I think it's very relatable, which is probably I think what draws so many people in outside of the subject matter. So uh, we just wish you the best as you um, continue uh, or really g- jump off on yeah, this exactly. on this great journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we want uh, to encourage everyone to come out on Wednesday. That's uh, September twentieth right. at Halloween. Mouse beginning at 630. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a wonderful night of music, of art, of literature, of friends, um, of, of just fun celebration, yes, celebration of life. Oh, can I mention two more things? Sure. If they're not able to make it on Wednesday night, there is a book signing at Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland at the Renaissance on Saturday the 23rd. And that's in the afternoon at 2. And then Monday, September 25th, I'll be at Lemuria at 5 o'clock. Oh, great. And Lemuria is located in Jackson, Mississippi in Banner Banner Hall. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, Janae, we wish you the best. Thank you for coming in studio. Thank you very and, much. Uh, really happy for you and uh, yeah. excited to yeah. uh, get this great, great work out into the world. So uh, we will take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to welcome uh, Dent May to the show, a Jackson-born uh, musician living in Los Angeles now and is home for a tour. So this is Next Stop Mississippi right here on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back. Standing member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Next Stop Mississippi. It's been a great day on the show. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined by Kamel King. We just had uh, Janae Ray Baranko in the studio talking about Goodnight, I Love You, her story of, of grief, of tragedy, and, and, and coming through dark times. Uh, she's got a, an event next week at Hallamow's on September 20th, uh, launching that book. And uh, we do have a caller on the line, Beverly in Jasper County. We'll talk to her for just a moment before we welcome to the show our musical guest, Dent May. Hi, Beverly. Hi, how are you doing? Great. I just would like to announce the Road to a Volunteer Fire Department is having a fundraiser tomorrow. We are in the flea market, and um, the fundraiser is 
Uh, we're selling barbecue chicken plates for eight dollars, and the uh, flea market. Uh, we have booths for ten dollars, and uh, the flea market starts at eight o'clock. All right, thank you so much, Beverly. We appreciate your call. All right. So uh, right before, as we came back into the show, you were hearing uh, the good time music of Dent May, who we have on the line now. Uh, welcome to the show, Dent. Hello, hello. Good morning, Mississippi. Well, look, I've got to just share this real quick. My first time ever seeing or hearing about Dent May, I saw him at the Lyric uh, during the Bicentennial uh, North Oxford event uh, playing at Thacker Mountain. And when I say, man, I was so enamored, like... I told Mary Margaret, I was like, I have got to get some of this guy's music right now. You, like, killed it, man. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. That was really fun. Uh, always loved being on Thacker Mountain Radio. I worked, I worked at Square Books for many years and uh, was behind the counter during a lot of tapings over the years. So whenever they ask me to do it, I'm very honored. Well, uh, Dent, your newest album, Across the Multiverse, uh, came out in August. So I've been out not even a month now, but it's already getting great reviews. Uh, uh, listening to the album this morning, getting ready for the show, we all had a lot of fun, uh, of course, hearing the music, but also uh, reading some of the reviews, uh, which call it uh, pure pop perfection. Spaceship Yacht Rock was one of my uh, favorite um, descriptions. But uh, yeah. for our listeners, uh, tell them how you describe your own music. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't know how I describe it. I, I usually try not to uh, describe it, but uh, uh, I don't know. It's kind of uh, pop music. Home, I call it like homemade pop music sometimes because I recorded the album uh, at my house and um, like on a shoestring budget and uh, and uh, all that all that good stuff. And um, sorry. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's like kind of retro uh futuristic maybe i really like music of the past uh, a lot of 50s and 60s uh melodies pop melodies with like but with like synthesizers and funky bass lines and horns and strings and background vocals i don't know i guess it's maximalist maybe. <laughs> maximalist word. i love it there's a, there's a lot there's a lot going on in the arrangements on the uh on the record and, uh, and those arrangements are, of course, uh, your work, and you're also playing many of the instruments um, on the album as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, playing playing a lot of instruments uh, uh, on the album myself in my in my house. But uh, um, you know, I had friends play drums. I uh, I like met a guy on Twitter who plays trumpet, and he recorded it in Charleston, South Carolina, and emailed me the files. Um, so I definitely had some some friends helping me out. Um, but yeah, I, I I I don't really play any instrument particularly well, but try to you know try my best at a lot of different ones. Well, I tell you, Dan, I, I, when I was watching you play and when I've listened to your music, I also have tried to define what genre you're in, and I I really think you're. I don't know that we could define that because it is so eclectic and uh, the style of musics that you blend together is just, it's so rad. I, you know, I, I enjoy it and it's so airy. How, what is your inspiration and how do you even start to create these songs? Well, it's funny you say that because about genre, because I, I don't really believe in genre. And I feel like uh, in 2017, we're kind of entering a sort of post genre world of art. Um, and I, I grew up on the internet and, um, you know, we had like illegal music downloading services like Napster and, you know, resources like Wikipedia where you like literally have the a world of information at your fingertips. So like, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of like, 
try to keep an open mind and about everything and uh, listen to like literally as much music as possible, whether it's like experimental 20th century composers or like um, Drake or Beyonce, you know, like, and just kind of like soak it all in, like um, take elements that I like and try to like mix it all up into something that I've never heard before and that like reflects my personality um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of credit my like childhood on the internet is like teaching me so much about different kinds of music. And I kind of want to incorporate all, all of the different kinds at the same yeah. time, if that's even possible. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I remember like reading some sort of Faulkner quote um, um, where, you know, he said something along the lines of like, read everything, you know, read the good and the bad and then just digest it. Um, and, 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 make it your own. That's like literally not what he said, but something like that. <laughs> now, Dan, uh, you did uh, move to Los Angeles several years ago where you've continued um, your work as a musician and as an artist. This album, Across the Multiverse, was was created in your bedroom in Highland Park. Uh, but my question for you is, you know, uh, Mississippi-born, Mississippi-educated, uh, living in L.A. now where you produce this album. So how did that move to L.A. and, and that life in the city change your perspective? on home or, or on your music? I don't know. People ask me that all the time, and I, I really can't put my finger on how specifically it changed uh, my music because, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been traveling all over the world playing music and visiting, like, so many different cities, and I always came through Los Angeles and liked it more and more and could see myself living there and just ended up there. But um, I don't know. I think that, I mean, I, I, I'm working a lot harder on my craft as a songwriter and musician than I ever have before. Part of that's just being like on my fourth album now and having done this for 10 years. And another part of it possibly is living in a place like LA, which is known as like an entertainment industry mecca. And, you know, my friend group is all, you know, internationally touring musicians and aspiring filmmakers and things like that. So it kind of like puts a little fire under me to like go the extra mile and be like, wait, this has to be great. It can't just be, like pretty good and cool like i'm not trying to be a cool musician it's like oh i make some cool music and stuff i like really want to make something that is great and that can like survive when i'm not around anymore and like some kid like 50 years in the future wants to like listen to it um and i don't know how much of that's la and how much of that's just my personality or whatever <laughs> but i don't know and i've always loved california music you know i think you could probably listen to the albums i made in mississippi and hear a lot of um sunshine pop influences um from the beach boys or like 70s soft rock that um is kind of a california sound so it kind of just like makes sense for me to be out there with the like sunny skies and the palm trees and and um yeah. <laughs> well, nice. speaking of, of Sunny, uh, one of the reviews I read this morning says you're a crooner in outer space that makes glum sounds that sound happy. Oh, so, that's, I like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> some great music criticism right yeah. there that uh, play on words. But yeah, so some of your songs are about sad things, but you're still like dancing to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that my favorite music and my favorite art kind of splits the difference between like despair and like joy you know that's just kind of life for you you know it's like and um for some reason i've been thinking a lot about new orleans lately and the second line funerals and and so kind of celebrating life and 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 that includes like the the great things and the, the tragic things and so 
yeah, like I want to make music that's really fun to listen to and that you could probably put on at a party and, and like dance to, but also you could like put on headphones late at night and like think deep thoughts about your life. Now, Dan, <laughs> so, what, is, uh, what is your favorite song on the, uh, on the album? Um, I think my favorite song is the last song on the album, which is called Distance to the Moon. Um, it's like a ballad with uh, some like, I think it's like my favorite string arrangements on the, the album. And um, it's based on a short story by Italo Calvino. Um, which is about, it's based on like um, the um, incorrect idea that the theory that people used to think that the moon was so close to the earth hundreds of years ago that you could um, take a boat out to the ocean and climb a ladder to the moon mm. and that it's just been slowly getting further and further away. And it's like this kind of love triangle short story where like the moon is one of the characters. So um, yeah, it's kind of like a love song about someone who is literally living on the moon uh, or like being in love with an alien or something like that, which is kind of just, I don't know, a metaphor for unrequited love or searching to find the one or maybe like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I think it's my favorite song on the album. Now, uh, Dan, you'll be doing a lot of songs from the album tonight at Space Camp, a, a venue in Midtown, Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, El Oboe and Garden Variety will be there with you. Tell our listeners a little bit more about tonight's show, uh, where you'll be uh, upcoming, and where they can go to get the album or learn more about you. Um, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm playing at Space Camp in Jackson tonight, which, if uh, y'all aren't familiar, is a relatively new performance space in West Fondren, um, that's kind of a sort I guess you'd call it a DIY venue or kind of a homespun performance space. I'm really excited to play there um, uh, with uh, some of my friends opening the show. Um, yeah, I'm on tour, and I'll be in New Orleans this weekend and in Texas next weekend and back home in, in um, Los Angeles <clears throat> by the uh, next Friday. So, yeah, um, I've been on tour for like almost a month now, and it's just wrapping up, so... Um, I guess I do have a website, dentmay.com, which is not the greatest website in the world, but um, I'm on all your social media stuff. So um, if you all do that, you're welcome to follow me or keep up with me that way because um, I'll be touring again in the spring. And, um, yeah, always do. I, I just uh, put out, like, three cover songs that I recorded for a blog called Aquarium Drunkard. So I'm always trying to drop some uh, little goodies to the Internet. Um, And we, yeah, we certainly appreciate those goodies that you do drop. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Dent, for making time to be on the show today. Uh, Welcome home. Enjoy your uh, hometown show tonight in Jackson at Space Camp in Midtown. Uh, It's been a great show, and we want to thank our listeners for joining us today. We want to say a special thanks to our guest, Robin Person, with the Bicentennial Reveille, Janae Ray Barranco. Her new book is called Good night. I love you. Uh, for Kamel King and myself, uh, we, uh, we want to thank you for joining us today and ask you to join us again next week on Next Stop Mississippi. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy for Women is next. I gather from a cloud some pieces of.